Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. I feel like everything, it's, it feels like this big old thing, and it is simple, and it's just a matter of institutionalizing it. Yeah. In the same ways, we, ways we've institutionalized some shitty things. Every you know, shitty like, we, thing. like yes. there's a lot of shitty things, like gun rights, right? right? Like, those are institutionalized. Right. And it's like, okay, well, then how do we institutionalize something we refer to and shift a lot is like community care. You know, how do we institutionalize the folks getting equal access and checking up like the how we work and even the labor movement like that, like the nine to five work hour, that was because people protested and needed to happen. So yes. like, okay, what's the next iteration of that? Right. It's like, I feel like we make it happen and I don't know exactly what those baby steps are, but I, but I do know that it's those baby steps right. that, those baby steps of putting something into an institution, of putting it on paper, putting it on law that helps us move forward. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I mean, I guess let's just start with who are you? Who am what are you I? up to? How's yeah. life? What's going on? What's okay. Going on in the world? So I'm Kasser Muhammad. I am a writer, actor, producer, a comedian, and I'm also co-founder of a racial and equity group called Shift. What else? Oh, oh, um, this is this is the this okay. is that, but also just comfy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's rainy outside today. I know. It was yeah. so pretty earlier in the week. Yeah, too. I know. I bummed. don't mind it. I like I like the cozy. I'm, I love I love a, yeah. some sunshine. I yeah. really wanted to help this 
this skin <laughs> and there's no there's no soon hope of that. you have yeah. all the you have yeah. all the seasons summer's coming um yeah summer's coming did you really start it in 2017 yeah 2017 wow and uh, what was the impetus for that impetus for that was so it's like it's a racial and equi- racial and gender equity consulting group um it was kind of the height of me too mm-hmm. movement I had been doing work with one of one of the co-founders at UCLA to sort of um, help them help support their development of this freshman orientation for freshmen that was sort of focused on arts activ- arts activism like racial uh, like race power privilege one on one and um, so we were like deep in these conversations about consent and um, racial equity and sharing that with people on a level which what we like to talk about is like the way that you know like my mom could understand this you know like not heady. Not academic, not legal, which I feel like so much. Like, have you ever sat in a sexual harassment training? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so like, don't grab someone's butt, right. or you will be sued. Right. But if you grab the hip, you might be okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like shit, like that. Oh, yeah. Can I oh, hundred percent. Okay, good. Cuss all day. Good. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so we were doing that, and then also, I remember I was on set for something else. When I'd kind of heard of when it broke the news about Harvey Weinstein yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Remember I was like getting fitted for my outfit and just everyone's faces were just like, like no one had language to talk about consent or what they were feeling or how this tied to systems yeah. and feeling like, oh, like we we have something here. Like we we built a language and a vocabulary to discuss it and know how to build space to do that. So came together with that same friend I was working at UCLA with and another friend who was doing the DEI work with another organization and created Shift. So very yeah. cool. And yeah. how does the work that you guys started back then weave itself through your world today? Right. So for me, I think whether it was the storytelling or the anti-oppression work, for me, it's always just been like, okay, this may sound simple, but like, how do we have fun? Right. How do we have fun? On a deeper level, if I were to, you know, like get real serious about it, I'd be like, yeah, it's about bringing joy and healing to mm-hmm. the to our communities. Mm-hmm. And for me, even the stuff I do with, with acting and TV and writing, it's all I I just like having fun. Yeah, and I think it's important to be able to see our communities and people who look like me having happy endings. Yeah, like yeah. the happy ending to the rom com, or right. or just like or even taking it and putting it in sci-fi spaces that we're not supposed to be, but this world of fun. And and that's sort of what I love doing. And to me, they're hand in hand. Yeah. And also, it's a constant discovery too. Yeah. Because I feel like also, I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm also very curious about your path into stepping into what you're doing, but like the entrepreneur thing of like, right. okay, I have all these things in my world. How do they fit together? And then finding out that, oh, hey, maybe they, maybe they fit together in a way that I couldn't ever imagine. But it's fitting. Yeah. And I can't wait to discover how they continue to fit Yeah, I think um, for me, for years and years, I would sit with my team. And by team, I mean like Jack and, you know, some other people that worked with me for a very long time. And we would try and find what is the through line? What is the through line? Like back in the day when I was a blogger and I was writing about casserole recipes, Mm. but I was an avid reader and I loved books. And I, it was always how how can we make all of these things connect? And it took literally years and so many tables. And finally, one day, someone on the team was like, well, it's you. Mm. It's just who you are and what you're into. And if you were your real life friend and you went to dinner, 
these are the six things you would talk about because you're passionate about these things. So why don't, she was like, I don't feel like we need to figure out a branding identity. It's just you. Hot damn. And it seems so obvious, but the amount of time that we spent trying to figure out that, which I think is true for everybody, is it's just like, if you're going to get to know me or you, these are the topics that you feel really passionate about. So they're going to weave their way into the work that you're doing. I think it was a journey for us. And when I say us, I mean shift. I'm Natalie Buivo, Lee Mojaro, like, like, like those are, those are, that's my family, those are my sisters, those are my girls. And we built a team of like eight other facilitators, but we've, we've been through it. And I think it was a learning journey for us where it was like, we, when we started out, it was like, okay, we are teaching. We, we realized like, oh, we're teaching white people. And we kind of made a conscious decision along the way of like, that's not what we want to do. Right. The labor of it is one thing. It's not always safe. We're not always putting our facilitators who themselves are not white folks into this position of yes. having to teach white people, which can get violent, like very, very literally in a violent way. And also we don't want that. Like that's not, I think part of the way of the business was being like, what, what do we do and what we don't do? And it was like, okay, we want to bring, we want to focus on our own people, our own communities, our BIPOC communities. And I think that's something we continuously ask ourselves. Like, of course, it's like, you know, it's also hard because it's often folks uh, like of white identities and whiteness that have the access to bring us in. Because it's like if corporations are doing it for their employees, their employees are most likely white. Right. And of course, there's other, like, we, there's been some beautiful moments where we are able to work with certain clients who are specific BIPOC focused because they have affinity groups and that sort of thing. And that's where the work feels powerful and transformational and healing. And so we're, we, that's what we battle with, but actively making that choice. And then also finding, I mean, our dream is to also be like, okay, how do we create groups and spaces for BIPOC folks? So like we just started a book club, which oh, is like, cool. you know, just anyone can access it. Right. But come through, read the book with us, and let's talk about it. Meant to be a healing space. So I think um, the balance of that and also existing in this sort of capitalist system yeah. that we are in where yeah. it's like, okay, the balancing of making money but also wanting to not let money be a barrier to other folks. That's the thing is that I hate to say this, but it's like, it's such good and important work. And I think really interesting, the conscious decision to like, we know what we're going to say no to. Yeah. Which is as if we want to think in terms of entrepreneurship is like the key that so few people get. Yeah. Is like, we think when we start, this is for everyone or like everyone's a potential client or everyone's a potential customer. And it's not true. We have to identify in anything, yeah. whether it's like your comedy, right? What you're writing, who you're writing for. If you know your ideal consumer, I believe you can build a world and a business around that. Right. And if you're not thoughtful, or maybe if we rush too fast, I think we find ourselves in these spaces where we're like, oh fuck, right? Like I might be making money, but th- this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good at all. Yeah, and I think. That's 100%. And I feel like it's also an interesting place in the, uh, we use JDEI, like justice, diversity, equity, and, edu- and inclusion in the JDEI world to be like, okay, we were very conscious that when, that it was the murder of George Floyd that led to more business and sort of sitting with that double handed, it's, that's why DEI blew up. You're right. You're exactly right. You know, and just kind of sitting with, oh, fuck, what does that mean for us? What do we have to put back? And also, and like, 
what is our role in that? Yeah. And I think that's also was a part of the decision. And, and I think we never take that lightly. And also, Rachel, the more fucked up part is, is that all that shit, all that money that people were putting down for DEI at the height of, of 2020 and the Black Lives Matter movement work was um, it's swinging back. Yeah. It's swinging back. Yeah. Uh, talk to any DEI practitioner and they'll be like, oh, yeah, people are pulling pulling budgets on it. So I feel like if anything – that's also a call to action, something we sit with of so sit with in frustration of like, okay, but where are the promises? You know, where are people saying that they're going to be committing to, to JDEI? Because the world is still the same. Yeah. It's still the same. Yeah. It's still the same. And um, so feeling like that desire of like, okay. Um, but then also feeling like this still disbelief in what we're doing because it is education, it is resources, but also like what's the future of JDEI? Yeah. What's it pivoting to? And it feels like it's all a part of this movement and we're going to look back like I feel like give us like 10 years and like everyone's going to look back this era and be like oh yeah like that was a movement that's when we started that was a revolution you know and yeah um I remember seeing something on social media do you follow Adrienne Marie Brown I don't think so oh my god brilliant okay brilliant uh she has this book named Emergent Strategy which is like so powerful about like moving and, and organizing and creating groups like with with intention but she posted something from someone else about how like like the French Revolution took like, I'm throwing numbers out, like 10 years. American Revolution took eight years. But then when they were in the revolution, they didn't know they were in the revolution. And I feel like that's where we are right yeah, now. So it's like we cool. have to keep pushing. We have to keep going. And it's going to continue to pivot and heighten. And we have to be ready for every heightening of this movement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, you're in this incredible industry for making change because at least from my perspective, I always feel like art, mm-hmm. movies, TV, books, like the things that our culture consumes and what we see as normal when we're consuming that yeah. is what starts to shift the conversation in a lot of ways more than ever sitting in like a classroom and learning about something can. It's like in a perfect world, yeah. we'd have real life interaction. I think it's very easy to be judgmental or hate-filled or any sort of bigoted, any of those things, when you aren't doing life with people who are different than you, when when everybody in your group looks exactly like you, goes to the same church or synagogue, you know, reads the same things, watches the same show, sometimes media is the only access you have to a world that's different than your own. Yeah. So is that something that you see as sort of like the next wave is how do we like pull this into comedy and movies and shows and how do you then pursue that? Yeah, 100%. And I feel like, and again, I think I didn't know what I was doing when I did it, but I found myself here of like being actively to feel like, oh shit, like that is what I feel like I'm doing. Yeah. I wrote uh, a project about two years ago now that premiered at TIFF. It's called Saeed Family Christmas Eve Game Night. And that was, it's a Muslim queer rom-com that's sort of inspired by my own life and my sister's. And now we're further developing that. Cool. Um, So finding – and the impetus for that was, I think, similar to what you were saying of, like, not seeing it, not seeing the happy endings for someone who looks like me or not even being able to imagine it. Yeah. So wanting to put that on paper, on screen, so I can be like, okay, this is what I have to manifest to. It's fake. It's a character. But I have something to manifest, manifest to. And so I think, like, that's part of what I want to do and I'm actively doing. And also, I'm also obsessed with horror. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you like horror? No. I'm, <laughs> I am such a weenie. I'm so okay. terrified of this. But yes. My my thought is you just need the right gateway I s- drug in. Right. You okay. know, like I'm going to give you, give. I'm going to ask you your preferences and okay. then I'm going to give you a wreck. Okay. 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 I'll do it. We'll do that. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas, the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. But I, I say that because I'm also really excited by the horror space yeah. and uh, act- actively working on on projects from the acting angle and the writing angle that sort of step into horror. For me, it's there's this um, uh, Juno Diaz. He's an author. It was a little problematic. I'm just going to put. He's a little <laughs> okay. problematic. Okay. Full disclosure. Okay. So, but Issa Rae quoted him in in her 
autobiography, so I'm like really quoting Issa Rae, okay, which great. is not Perfect. problematic. Perfect. Um, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, it's this quote about this idea of like um, only monsters don't have reflections. So when in media, when we're not reflected back ourselves, we oh, think shit. we're monsters. Yeah. And that always stayed with me because it's true. You know, it's yeah. like if you don't see yourself, you're like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Mm. And even more, if you see yourself, but you're seen in stereotypes mm-hmm. or seen in within like these specific boxes, that's also harmful. Right. But for me, it's like, okay, taking that idea and being like, okay, well, then how do we actually create our own monsters? And that's what I, I'm also like within horror, that's what I love. The, another another plug. I'm going to be in a movie uh it, that comes out in Hulu on Hulu in the fall. That's called Appendage. Uh-huh. It's idea of like um, basically the monster is anxiety manifesting. But for me, also, it's like that's so fun because horror is a space where you get to play on tropes and stereotypes and literally who we vilify in our world. Yes, and put that within a horror context yes. and, and unpack it that way. So that's sort of the through line I've been finding with my anti-oppression work and also the arts and. Um, yeah, just like excited to explore all that. Yeah, that's really cool. I, it's yeah. it's really cool to see how people are doing things that we've seen a million times before, but really bringing, it's going to sound so cheesy, but sort of bringing a greater message to the yeah. work, but not in a way that's preachy. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I've seen that a lot in stand-up over the last few years. Right. That it's like, I'm going to make you laugh, but I'm also going to make you think. Yeah. I'm going to say things that like, fuck you up because that's what we need to do because we're sort of standing right on this line. Yeah. And a comedian's job in a lot of ways is to push past that line, I think, to move conversation forward. And it's really cool to see how people have done that. Do you feel like there's a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the nice way to ask this, but like, how do we do that? How do we have that kind of creation without it feeling like cheesy? You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of, it's, it's those same mandates that you're seeing swing the other direction. Right. Also then we're like, let's make sure we're checking all the boxes. And it wasn't authentic and it wasn't about the work and it wasn't about the art. Right. And probably a lot of times it wasn't empowering or even employing the people who should have been telling those stories right. that we're trying to check boxes of. And then it just sort of rings flat. And then people are like, see, audiences. It's like, no, yeah. fuck you. It was just shitty. Like, it was, you just yeah. made a shitty thing and you should have actually gotten the right person and it would have been better. Right. A hundred percent. I feel like exactly like what you said. Like, that doesn't work. Yeah. When people sit down, they want to escape. They don't necessarily want to learn unless you sit down to learn, which is cool. Yeah. If I'm sitting down to learn, I'm probably reading a self-help book or right. I'm watching a documentary. Right, right. But to me, I feel like the key is in embracing folks whose stories we haven't seen and just embracing them as human and whole and normalizing the narratives, you know? I don't feel like we can – sort of is a show. uh, It's about a trans Pakistani Muslim person set in Canada. It's on HBO. And that, I'm just like, that's everything. And it's not an element of teaching in there. Uh, This person – is so messy. It's right. so messy. Right. And she's a character. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that to me is the teaching. Because like you said, it's about seeing people having exposure out of the norm and just acknowledging people as human. Yeah. Which is something we don't do enough. Because right. a lot of the times when we are maybe like stepping the toes into let me let me learn about different people, 
it's still not seeing them as human. Yeah. It's seeing them as like, oh, these people are oppressed or this person needs my help. Mm. It's never as this is a whole person who's allowed to be messy, who's allowed to have their own failures. And I think in doing that, that that to me is is the real progress. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the Bay. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the the life and the work and the things you're doing today how has your family embraced yeah. it or how does how does that feel I'm not yeah. familiar with Muslim culture yeah. and how they embrace or totally maybe don't so I grew up, up uh, my mom's Pakistani my dad's uh, from Bangladesh but I mean partition was wild the British fucked us over so to me I'm just I'm also just, I also just say South Asian because mm -hmm. it literally all used to be India until lines were drawn they are and I grew up in a pretty tight Muslim community I'm a Smiley Muslim which mm -hmm. is like a very also specific sect of of um, Muslim it's also Ramadan right now oh. so Ramadan Mubarak to anybody who practices they have always I'm the youngest of three okay sisters I feel like that helps because by the time they got to me, they were like, whatever, right, like, you're fine. Right. Like the two other ones we did yes. great on. If we have one that's like a little bit off the like off the rocker, that's okay. That's you know? awesome. So I feel like I was afforded like some, some, some flexibility, leniency, yeah. and my sisters paved the way for me. So it was like, you know, the bad shit I did never seemed as bad. Got it. Because <laughs> it wasn't the first time it happened. So they were, um, I was involved with theater growing up. So the, that wasn't a surprise to them. But I did, you know, when I went to study, I studied other things. I was trying to figure it out. And and now I think, <laughs> I think my parents don't necessarily get it. You know, like they grew up, it was Silicon Valley. Like everyone was an engineer yeah. or worked at a corporation doing engineer type stuff. And they, they didn't get it at first, like what I was trying to do with like the acting and the writing. But um, I remember like a distinct moment where my dad like, uh, had like hit me up and was like, and this was like the I was like, oh, we're at a we're at a turning point here. He was like, Gosser, beta. Like I saw somebody in mosque and they told me you were in a commercial. Aww, and then like so for cool. him, it was like, Dad, I've done so many more things in that commercial now, but all you needed was that uncle right, to say, right. to say that else. he saw you. Cute. <laughs> yeah. So I feel really like cool. that was a turning point. And they're continuously learning and, and proud and really supportive. Yeah. When you started uh moving in this direction, did you start doing stand-up? Did you yeah. start? Okay. So well, what was no, that? I mean, that's a good question. Okay. <laughs> but I think my gateway was sketch. Sketch oh, comedy. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not a stand-up person. Okay. I feel like that's like so scary to me. Yeah. But I love sketch and yeah. characters and um and improv is really fun to me. So like, you know, the team oriented things. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. funny. I interviewed a comedian about a month ago and he was saying that he only had done sketch. Mm. And then one day he was like, Oh, I've never actually had to write a joke from start to finish and try and pull it off and try and tweak it every single right. night to get it. So he's like, I, I have to force myself to do yeah. that. So yeah. getting into doing sketch comedy, did that start in college? Was that something you did yeah. younger? I think I was always doing it, but I didn't know I was doing it. Got it. I had like one of those handheld cameras and we'd go make Ricky Martin music videos, you know? Ooh, yes. a really good one was, um, what's that one? Uh, Ashley Simpson song. I literally you know was I, listening you know to Ashley Simpson this morning. <laughs> okay, what song were you listening to? I'm trying to um, remember which one. Okay, I don't. Um, maybe it we seems shout like it. I can find yeah, the rest that song. my head. Yeah, I Wait, can't what's sing, the name of that song? It's called I Like the Way It Feels. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. That one. That was one of my. Yeah. yeah that was Pieces one of, of the, Me. Pieces of Me. Okay. That music video. Right. Just a lot of like sketch comedy music videos. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And then when I went to college, I went to college being like, I'm going to do the traditional thing. Yeah. So I was like seeking the traditional thing. And then I found out that UCLA had a sketch comedy group, but I didn't even know what sketch comedy was. I was like, oh, I've been doing this the whole time. And that th- there's a name for this. Cool. Like people can do this. So then I got suckered back in. And then once I got back into ske- sketch, it was hard to be like, I'm going to it was hard to be like, I'm going to put the comedy and acting yeah. stuff away. Do you still do it today? I do. I do. I've do you been, dream of being on SNL? I, okay. Part of the reason why I'm also like a little like, you know, like unsure about sketch comedy is, um, and this is sort of where I'm at right now. And this was, this is a post-pandemic revelation of like, I I don't want to be there at midnight. I don't want to be there at midnight doing shows every night. Um, yes. Even for sketch, it's been kind of like hard, the reintegration, because I don't know if I want to be at theaters until 11 p.m. and then, you know, having to perform every weekend. Like, right. So that's how I feel about such a healthy yeah. perspective yeah. to in this industry to actually think what kind of life do I want to have right? instead of what boxes do I have to check to get the career that's the same as everybody else's career. And yeah. I just fundamentally don't believe it. I believe that you can call your shot and go, this is exactly where I'm right. going. And I will find a way to get there in a way that feels good to me. And I think you actually move faster yeah. toward that shining star because you feel good energetically and you're sort of putting out a higher vibe because you're not exhausted right. and you have a good life. And it's something that not enough people consider. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E. Market.com slash Rach. Thrive Market. 
com slash rage. That was a hard journey to learn. And yeah. I lost a lot of sleep along in my... Yeah, stressing yeah. about it. Like learning that. And um, and I feel like for those people who are like, I thrive, I'm a night owl. Yes. I thrive. Yeah. Yes, do that. Get it. I am not. Same. <laughs> you know? Same. Not anymore. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think that's been a lot of the recent themes of like, okay, like, what do I want? What mm-hmm. kind of life do I want to live? And and how is the work I'm doing supporting that and not, not the other way around? Right. And then... It's like once you know very clearly where it is you want to head, then you make decisions that optimize for that eventuality. Right. As opposed to like, I'm going to try a thousand, you know, like I'm going to keep doing all these things and hoping that one of them gets me to the end goal. And then being shocked when you check in at the end of the year and you're over here when you're trying to go there, which like we do all the time. All the time. Yeah. And I feel like we're often rewarded to do that too. You're definitely rewarded for like being busy. Right. Like how busy. Oh my right. gosh, she's so busy. She's I'm so exhausted. I'm like, oh, I don't want that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't want that anymore. And I feel like that, that I feel like to me, that is a part of the movement. Right. You know, like as we're talking about the movement, it's like the way I live my life is a part of the movement. That's And real. there are so many people talking, like the Nat Ministry, Trisha Hersey, like all that, talking about the importance of of just resting and mm-hmm. that being revolutionary, that being and in, in a place where it's like, you know, we're in late stage capitalism. So it's like systemically, yeah, we are taught to work, work our asses off mm-hmm. and that we are as valuable as our productivity. Right. And I think like, yeah, I think and I think. Oh, that's what, it's so I just I want to like catch that real quick because I think it's possible people are listening have never thought about this before. Mm-hmm. You are not as valuable as your productivity. Right. Like you are as valuable as the value you provide, right? Right, right? And there is a myth in not just this country, but all that like you can work your way to wealth or you can work your way. And like this system is not set up that way. Right. Mm -hmm. It is not set up for you to go to your job nine to five or for you to go work your three jobs or to do whatever. And eventually if you work hard enough, then you'll, that's not how it's set up. Right. It's set up so that you work hard enough so that at the very tippy tip top, they get rich right? because they have 40 people just like you who are doing the same thing. Exactly. So if you don't understand that and you're opening a vein to like do this thing and not having any sort of replenishment, it's like a double destruction because yeah. you're <laughs> – I'm getting really grandiose. But you're yeah. like – it's sort of like the death of a dream eventually because you're <laughs> yeah. like, wait, this didn't work. And also – I've maybe physically hurt my body. I've hurt my spirit. I've hurt my soul because I've just drained myself to try and achieve this thing that's not achievable. Right. It's totally that false yeah. narrative. Yeah. The, the whole bootstrap theory, it's false. Yeah. Because there's, and then I think on top of everything you said, it's that racial element of like who, who has access to mobility. Right. And it's not, and it's going to primarily be the cis white male right. who has access to mobility. Right. right. So yeah, that theory might work for them, but for everyone else, yeah. that's not necessarily the case. And yes, there are exceptions, but it's not, the system's not built for us to succeed that way. Yeah. Again, like I think it's like that we live in a, in a, white supremacist, yeah. capital, patriarchal system, and it's meant to serve to serve that. Yeah. It's in the DNA. It's in the DNA. It's in the DNA of this country. I heard, I was listening to a keynote the other day, and I heard someone say, and I was like, God, that is such right. a, this is going to be the most obvious thing ever. Right. But for me, it just sort of hit me in a different way. He was talking about like blue collar workers and right. what it was to, you know, do those sorts of jobs. And he was like, you don't get it. This country was founded 
on free labor. A hundred percent. Did not have to pay for its labor. Right. So there's no world, if that's in the fucking DNA, right. there's no world where you're ever going to be respected at the level you should for like being an auto mechanic. Like if you are entry level jobs, if you're blue collar workers, if you're those, you're never like, that's not how mm-hmm. this is set up for you because they're going to try and pay the smallest amount that they can because they got it for free mm-hmm. for so long. It's like, I know I'm not telling you anything that you don't yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. there's a very strong chance that people listening to this maybe haven't thought of it that way yeah. before that like, this is this is the the fabric of right. the country and that it's not so long ago it's and it's not, not so it's like ago. if you think that that just stopped you're you've you're missing right. you're missing all of it right and and to add a layer of the fabric it's it was built off of the labor of enslaved folks and but it was taken from the land of indigenous people right so it's like every literally that's how our that's right. how our, our country was started right clearing the land from right. indigenous folks taking it and then using the labor to build it up right and now that as you said persists through through right. capitalism right and you know i feel like everything you said is so true and it's also like okay and i think it's important to share that, not in a like, woe is a, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not, it's just a system. Just know it. It is a system. Just know it's right. there. And then systems evolve. Right. And that's our job, right? right? Like, we are placed into these societal systems, and it's our job to to see the system for what it is, and then to imagine better. Like, right. radically imagining is a part of the revolution, is a part of the movement. So it's like, okay, knowing that, how do we, how do we move towards the future of it. And I think, you know, going back to JDEI, how is labor movements such a big part of what the future of JDEI is? Because we all deserve equitable pay. Yeah. We all deserve access. Right. And so to me, like that, that's what I get excited about. Mm -hmm. How does that show up though? Like how, I mean, I'm, and yeah, you could be like, I don't fucking know. We're trying to. <laughs> right. I mean, it out. I don't know. Right. But we're discussing. I right. don't know. Yeah, I'm not an expert in. Right. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. I, w- I was talking to somebody earlier this week about period poverty mm. and thinking of these like issues that seem so big and so insurmountable. And I love that she was like, because she's big activist in that community, and she's like, it's not fucking hard. Yeah. It's not. It's a very simple solution. And we were both going off on like if men got periods, <laughs> if it would all product would be right. free, it wouldn't it would be 100%. a non-issue whatever. So she said it like these massive things seem like oh it's so impossible. She's like no, the solutions are very simple. Very simple. It's just that we don't want to do it. We don't want to spend money on it. We don't want to change the system. We're too afraid. It's all of these things that show up for us that keep it going exactly as it is. Yeah. And I think I mean, not that I have the answers, but at least like our continued conversation about it, mm-hmm. hopefully like sparks something, something right. in your community, something that you see, something that like at least you have a different perspective than you had before. Right. Or maybe that you're just listening in a way that you didn't before. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like everything, it's it feels like this big old thing and it is simple and it's just a matter of institutionalizing it yeah. in the same ways, we, ways we've institutionalized every, some shitty things. Every you know, shitty like we, thing. Like yes. there's a lot of shitty things, like gun rights, right? right? Like those are institutionalized. Right. And it's like, okay, well then how do we institutionalize something we refer to in shift a lot is like community care. You know, how do we institutionalize 
folks getting equal access and checking up like the how we work and even the labor movement like that like the nine to five work hour that was because people protested and made it happen so yes. like okay what's the next iteration of that right it's like I feel like we make it happen and I don't know exactly what those baby steps are but I but I do know that it's those baby steps right. that those baby steps of putting something into an institution of putting it on paper putting it on law that helps us move forward can I ask how when you have opportunity in this town, mm-hmm. right, which is like fickle mm-hmm. and sometimes we're up and sometimes we're down and you never know exactly what it's going to be. I had an actor here yesterday who was yeah. talking about this of like in 25 years of doing this work, he's had massive peaks and massive right. valleys and the amount of time that he thought it's done, my career is done, like I don't have it. <laughs> and then like something right, 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 would right, right, and right, then right. it would be back. You know, he was saying like right now he's in – He's so busy, he can't sort of whatever. But he's like, a year ago, I was like crying to my wife that yeah, I was yeah. never going to, how was I going to support our family? And what I, wild. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's true. Right, right, <laughs> right. So I wonder then how, like, do you ever feel like that you can't sort of show up mm-hmm. in those spaces using your whole voice and your whole belief system around these ideals? Because you're like, well, I'm in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I have a seat at the table, so I have to be thoughtful the way that you wouldn't if you were a straight white male right. sitting at the same table. Right. That's a really good question. And I, th- I believe that in showing up in my full self, I will get the work I'm meant to get mm. and the work that I'm supposed to get and that I'm going to be more satisfied with. Yeah. And I think that was a journey along the way. Because I think that I was in a lot of situations, maybe early on in my career, where I was like, oh, my God, I hate being here. Why like what, am I doing What kind why of am I here? situations? I think a lot of situations where I was like maybe the only uh, woman on set, one, and then woman of color on set, and then very clearly the only queer woman, Muslim woman on set. Right. And I think in those situations, I realized like it's just not worth it. Yeah. And one of the things I've been trying to practice is uh, process over product. And I've found... Okay, explain, explain how that yeah, works for process you. Of, so I'll put it in like a set situation. Okay. So often I I think I would like stick out being on being in a in a role or a position or on set, which you kind of have to. You're also contractually bound yeah. to. And, you know, show up chipper and happy every day and, you know, hope that it's okay. Like the product will be great. The product will be great. You know, by product I mean like the Ooh, final, like I'll get yeah. footage from it, whatever it yes. is. And... It's not equivocal. It, by by far, when I don't enjoy the process, the product isn't is never the product is never worth the process. You're so fucking right. That is like <laughs> you just know. You it's know? just like a it's a myth though of kind of anything is yeah. like we'll just destroy ourselves right. because the pro the end result will be right. Yes, yeah. And that's another Adrian shout out to Adrian Marie Brown because that's from her book Emergent Strategy of like placing products. Uh, process over product but like it's got to feel good while you do it and like you know it's also like yeah sometimes the product is good and grand and wins these awards but like inside right i have never found that the product outweighs the process i i'm because the process is your life it's your life this is your life this is like a thing that a lot of people get into is this myth of like Someday. Yeah. Like, I just got to get through this thing. I got to get through this week. I got to get through this project. Once we get over, that's never coming because on the other side of this project is another one. And if you don't make yourself slow down, like I remember for there a couple of years, Jack remembers these years where like 
everything in my business was exploding. Mm -hmm. It like it was a once in a lifetime unicorn of a moment. Nothing we did could go wrong. It was yeah. wild. And it was very scary. But I had all of these people around me and um, employees and agents mm -hmm. and whatever who were like, whatever you do, don't stop. Like, go, go, yeah. go, go. And I'd never experienced it before. And I'm now all of a sudden taking care of all these people. So I just would, we were going so Oof. fast. I, I, In retrospect, I'm like, it was a runaway train. It was yeah. crazy. But I remember in those two years, we would launch things or we would have a book cover or um, something as simple as like the photo for something. And it was just so fast. And every single thing, I would just be like, I, this doesn't look like me. This doesn't feel like me. This, I don't like how this yeah. is. And they always, always, because everyone's going so fast, they would say, let's just get through this. Right. Just choose one of these. Next time, we promise you, you'll have more time to decide. And as the creator, the artist, as the face yeah. that's on the screen, people don't get, I think, why we care. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. if I didn't care about these details, you wouldn't know my name to work with me. Right. It was my care of these things that got me here. And it's almost like when you get that, then we they sort of take it away. And I love that you said that. We're in the process right now because we're shooting here for the yeah. first time of like really trying to dial it in, really trying to figure it out and what feels good. And after, because we've been shooting all week, my new thing, which I didn't even tell you, Jack, is like, <laughs> we're not going to start until 11. Mm. That seems like, you know, if we yeah. if we start at 10, we can get more in in a day. But I'm like, no, my morning routine Amen. is sacrosanct. I want to have a slow cup of coffee. Mm. I want to meditate. I want to have time to work out. I, I have kids. I want it to be slow. And I don't – I'm really fucking lucky to be at this place in my career, but I don't want to rush to fit more in. Yeah, I will be better with you in this moment if I get to, like, have a slow morning. I think that's true for all of us. Yeah. And, like, I want that for the team. I want Jack to have a slow morning if he wants to have one, right? Like yeah. – I never thought of it that way, but that's exactly what it is. It yeah. This is your life, and this has to feel good. Yeah. How do you make your process feel better? I mean, I'm, I'm taking in everything you're saying, and I, I think to me it's like, damn, like that – it's like in those moments that we draw boundaries that it is actively defying capitalism. Yes. It's active. And again, yes. like like you said, you know, there is – it there is a, a – a, privilege you know that both you and I have a of like million of like oh I can start right one. totally and we know that but it's also actively defying like this idea of being rewarded for being like I'm gonna I'm gonna start at 10 yeah this consistent reward so it's like it truly is a mind fuck because you're consistently rewiring and it's so easy to get trapped into yes. it but I, I'm sorry I forgot your question. no well, I, you know no yeah. I can add to this too because it's yeah. like the older I get, the more I understand that more isn't better. Right, 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 right. Period. Right, right. Nothing has ever worked so well in my life and career than when I simplified and started right. doing way less. Yeah. So in those two years where everything's exploding, my world got so complicated. Like, you know, you're yeah. just like, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. There's so many. And you're like, okay, because yeah. it never has worked in 10 years of trying. So suddenly it is. I'm going to say yes to everything. Right. 
And I hated it. And I was so overwhelmed. And I'm like, I really want to live a good life. I'm a I'm a homebody. I like things slow. I, I can't handle that pace. And when I finally realized that it was the pace that was slowly eroding everything that I loved about my life, yeah. it took, it was like two years to get to that place and two years to unravel all of that. Yeah. And I would say only in the last year have we really gotten it to a place that I love it. And we did, uh, we, we had a podcast recently where it was like another podcaster had us in and we did a dual show and Jack and I went and we walked in and there were like, so many people worked there <laughs> and they were like, or do you have more, you know, we're like, oh no, it's just, it's just us. <laughs> yeah. And it's been us for a decade mm. and the show's very successful yeah. and it's just me and Jack. Hell yeah. And it's just me and Jack. Cause like we love it. Well, I think you love me back. We love each <laughs> other. We've been together forever. We, we know each other's rhythm. We're not fussy. We like it calm. Yeah. We'd, I want that energy in my space and I I sort of defy mm. the ideology that it has to be fast, that it has to be big, that it has to be a thousand things to work because the more simplified my career became, like it's never been more successful. Mm. But if you looked that part. if you looked yeah. from the outside You'd be like, oh, like her Instagram hasn't really grown. Yeah. Like whatever. Because the things that are actually successful, the amount of people who listen to the show, the amount of money I make, Amen. the amount of time that I'm at home doing life the way I want to do it, that stuff you can't see from the outside. Yeah. But it, like I'm going to advocate and preach this forever that the way people think and the way I thought five years ago that you got successful is a lie. It's mm. a lie. And it's a lie that hurts you because it's hustle culture. Ooh, and yeah. it like when uh. it when you start experiencing those pieces of success, if you're so busy, you don't know which thing you're doing is actually successful. Right. You think it all is. Right. And it's not true. It's like, I don't know, taking a bunch of new supplements and you start feeling great. <laughs> But you don't but know you're which. Them all yeah, out. you're, you're you, them but, all out. and you yeah. don't know which one actually helped you because you took them all at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna get off my soapbox. No, nope. I'm so passionate about this. Well, question for you: What made you stop? Hated my life. Was there a moment? I mean, lots of moments. Yeah. I think like my anxiety got really out of control. I had a huge hormonal imbalance, but mm -hmm. I didn't know it. I kind of thought I was going a little bit crazy. Wow. Like I had massive mood swings. I'd get really angry and then I'd be crying and I'd feel like I'm a really optimistic, yeah. happy person, but I felt like genuinely depressed. Like life's not going to get better. And like, Oof. girl, I am so fucking blessed. Like my life, I'm so blessed. Right, right. Four beautiful kids. Like I can pay my bills. Like that. So there was nothing really in my real life that was causing that kind of pain, but I couldn't get out of it. Yeah. And it was just like, I heard Jim Carrey say once, I like saw in a video that he said, and this is very controversial what the statement is, I am not making a, an overarching statement about yeah. depression, yeah. but I just thought it was beautiful. He said something like, depression is our spirit telling us that we don't like the avatar we're playing, mm. like that, the life that we're living is not in line with who we actually yeah. are. And so everything Oof. felt out of whack. 
And I was just like a stripping down of going to like nothing Mm. and starting again and going, what part of this do you actually like? What part of this do you actually want to do? And I, for like a year, I was like, maybe I'm not doing this anymore. I don't know. I'm going to open a coffee shop and like, you know, talk to people all day. (laughs) Uh, I really genuinely struggled with it. And this is ridiculous, the story I'm about to tell you, but it's a very good one. Here for it. So uh, a couple of years ago, I got to open for Oprah. She was Mm. doing a tour. She's my hero of all time. I'm of the exact right age to worship her. <laughs> and uh, I think so, it's cross generation. Okay, like, great. you have I to. Hope so. You have I to. Hope so. Yeah. So I got to open up for her, and I was so nervous and so scared. And it definitely wasn't like the greatest keynote speech of my life, but like I lived, I didn't crap my pants on stage. Hell yeah. That's what like, matters, right? Key moment. <laughs> Afterwards, she very kindly, like, I got a knock on my door, and they were like, Miss Winfrey would love to come visit mm-hmm. with you. And I was in, I had brought that circle of friends. My best girlfriends were all in the room and we all shit our pants. <laughs> and it's oh a God, green room out. that's the size of this rug. <laughs> and there's like five of us in there. We had like kind of trashed it because we were hanging mm-hmm. out and whatever, like with coffee and snacks, not like vodka not and vodka. cocaine. Right. Um, right. So all of a sudden we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and we all start cleaning. Like, <laughs> like you know when your mom would be like, company's coming? And we just yeah, throw in yeah, things yeah. in the bathroom. We're like, Oprah won't use your bathroom. <laughs> like, just throw everything in there. And she comes in. She's got Gail, of course. <laughs> so fucking gracious. Mm. Like, spent so much time with me and my friends. Like, went by to every... Look, I mean, she looks in your soul. Oh like, oh, just... Oh. She's like a fairy godmother. She's so wonderful. Mm. But she spent a little extra time with me at the end, and she was like, how has this felt for you? Like, what is this all? Wow. And I was like, it's it's a lot. And it was around this time I said, I, I ask myself if this is, you know, sometimes I'm like, I feel really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I asked, like, do I actually want this? Do I actually want to try and figure out how to do this work? I fail at it a lot. Mm-hmm. Fuck up publicly a lot. Like, it's all, it's a lot to carry. <laughs> I said, you know, sometimes I, I'm just like, do do I want to do yeah. I want to take this on? And she looked into my soul, <laughs> in my fucking soul. Like literally, no one in the room breathed. My friends are oh like, my God. they're like <laughs> surreptitiously taking yeah. pictures. She touched my hand, and it was like divine. Whatever mm. she touched my hand, and she said, "Do you want it?" And I was like, "She said, because you have to know mm. for sure mm. that you want this." Because very few people will understand what it's like as a woman to try and take on a position of leadership publicly. She says, but I know, and I know the cost, and it is great. So if you want it, you have to know. And like, I don't know if a minute went by or 45 minutes of just like silence. And I genuinely felt like the universe was like, bitch, what's up? Like, what are we doing here? And I was like, I want it. And she was like, okay, okay. It was the wildest moment of my, right. It was so, but she's right. Very few women very few women will understand what you take on when you're not just 
trying to entertain, when you're not just trying to write, when you're not, you're trying to like lead, trying to lead out. And that's dangerous. And that becomes more dangerous the more different you are than the norm. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it's possible to do that well if you're not first okay here. Because how can you try and talk to someone else about like, here's an idea to consider if you're a mess. Um, So for me, it was it was getting to a place where it was really bad. It was doing a lot of fucking therapy and really working it out and realizing I got into a very false belief that I had to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I if I'm going to be a leader, then I will know what's right for everyone. And I'm like, bitch, right, what? Right, right. So I think I've learned a lot in the last few years of just like, I, I definitely don't know the answers for even myself most of the time. But I think... I'm pretty good at asking questions. Um, I'm pretty good at sitting in conversation and and hopefully learning and doing better as I go. But yeah, it was a pretty brutal stripping down to get to that place. Have you had a moment like that where you're like, do I want this? Or are you still like, I'm, yes? I am actively yeah, in yes. a what do I want period. Yeah. I'm actively in a what I want period. And and it's it i think it was a result it's been a result right i think like like you said it was like a lot of little things you know like you were saying you know with with what you're going through i feel like there's always a moment where your body shuts down on you and your body tells you you're done before you know you're yep. done yes i remember there was a period of time like was it at this point it might have been like wow at the, this is wild to think about covid time illusion it was about five years ago where I was just going through it, going through it, you know, like three, four hours of sleep a night, just going so hard trying to do all the things. And there was a, there was a stretch of like a week where I kid you not, Friday, Friday slash Saturday, a, a, a very insist ended up popping. Oh my gosh. Um, my car ended up getting stolen and then my rental car ended up getting banged up. And then I had to travel for a conference the next day and some other wild shit was happening around the conference. Yeah. And I just remember like sobbing on the phone with my mom and being like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she was just like, who? She was like, you work so hard. What do you do it for? Like, what are you trying to prove? And I was like, fuck. Yeah. And I still don't know that answer. Yeah. And I think that's part of this, this going back to this thing of like process over product, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and in terms of like, I think discovering what I want, I think it's been less dramatic. I think I'm just genuinely in a place where another combo I was having with friends recently, they're uh, collectively, we're all in different professions, like also like, they're like a doctor and a lawyer and there was someone else, there was a totally different profession. And we were all talking and all around the same age, like, you know, like millennial, whatever, whatever, and kind of realized that I don't know if this is a specifically a millennial thing. I think it might have been given like being caught in between like the internet age and all that Mm -hmm. of like, I'm curious what you feel about it too. Like, you know, you're told to go out and fix the world through your job. And then you get there and you realize that, sure, you can do the job, but the world is so much more fucked than you thought. Yeah. So you've been set up for failure. Right. Whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're an actor and whatever, an equity consultant. And so just sitting with, okay, so like, what is it that I want then? If if I can't expect to like change the world with my job, yeah. and it's okay that I can, yeah. I can make baby steps, I can yeah. change my life. Yes. Then like, what do I want to do? Yeah. And then also, purpose is a big conversation for me. Another comma. I've with a okay. So this is a yeah. I I love this topic. I actually just wrote about this 
that I feel like this idea of knowing your purpose, like you got to know right. your purpose, you got to bring purpose into what I think it's a scam. It's a scam. I think it's a marketing scam. Right. If you are lucky enough to feel purpose in your right. life and your calling or mothering or your job or whatever, like amazing. Right. But if you haven't yet figured that out, there's nothing wrong with right. you. And we've been taught that like we have to know our purpose or like we're doing life wrong. What? It, it's, it's, it's just weird. fake. Like it's not something I feel like we've ever really discussed before. And now it's this new buzzy thing that's making people feel anxiety because they don't have it. Yeah. You said something that I feel like it perfectly sort of sums up my belief system, which is if you want to change the world, change your life. Right, right. That's the only way. I think this, however this sounds, I believe that I have more influence in the world with how I live my day to day when I go to the coffee shop, you know, seeing the neighbor's dog, like how I interact yeah. with my children, how, my like real life, how I am in the real world. I believe has more energetic influence than this show, than my social media, this. And I actually prefer that because during those crazy years, I was like, so fucking important. Yeah. This yeah. is all so important. My work is so important. My Instagram is so important. Fuck me. <laughs> no, it's, it's that I think sets us up for, um, I don't know, like a, a disconnection yeah. from self. Disillusionment yes, too. That like if this thing is succeeding, and we all know people right, who are doing right. this, if my social's popping off, if the YouTube video got enough likes, if this is doing well, then I'm good. And so it doesn't, there's no requirement to check in and see how we actually are. Right. So I want to believe, I, I was, I woke up this morning like feeling super tired and groggy and, um, I went on a run just to like wake myself mm -hmm. up and I was running and this is so cheesy, but I was just like so emotional on my run because I was like, I am so fucking lucky. I am running down a neighborhood street right now. I'm not worried for my safety. I'm not, I'm listening to Whitney Houston. I'm like starting, <laughs> I just felt so lucky and I was in I'm going to sound like a super hippie, but I was just like trying to give that to everybody yeah. that I passed, like just trying to enter yeah. cars on the street and people were I, I it maybe sounds ridiculous, but I actually think that that's how we change the world yeah. by how we show up in it, not yeah. how we show up on like Twitter. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think hundred percent because it's in those micro interactions yeah. and in those micro changes, and and I, I think it comes back to like all of us having power to change something. Mm. There are some. Some people who have access to power on an individual level, right? On our on a community collective right. level, right? Like I don't have access to the law, but I have access to my other queer Muslim friends, and we do this together. Mm -hmm. We are powerful as a collective. And then there are people who are like leaders and politicians who is like, yeah, bitch, you got power to the institutions. You better change it for the better. Right. But it's like we all have power on different levels and agency and autonomy and and I mean, for me, it's like yeah, my my greatest access to power is myself and in my own life. Yeah. So the place that you find yourself in right now where you're like, what do you want? Is it what do I want in career or like yeah. do I even want this path? Do I want like – I think for so long I was focused on what I wanted out of my career. And then so now I think the past couple years have been like, okay, what do I want out of my life? Mm. Like that that yeah. thing that we sort of had talked about. And and when you were saying your story about Oprah and, and you know, you you knew when when Oprah asked, you knew. 
how did that come to you? Was it a voice? Was it a feeling? It was like a knowing. Yeah. Where? Where did you feel it? Here. Yeah. Here for me, for sure. And like solar plexus stuff. And I think I had been debating it and flipping it over and wondering and all of these things for, for a very long time. And it was, there was something almost like energetic about like, make a decision from your, Mm. from your true self right now. It's like, Sometimes when you're meditating and you can access that. Sometimes when you have the right drugs in you, you could access that. Where you're just like, yeah. oh, I know a truth I didn't that's no been blocked by all this other shit. I think knowing that you want it doesn't still th- that then doesn't make it easy. Yeah. It doesn't make it so that like, oh, okay. So now now that I know I want it, because then it was a couple more years of like, how can I pursue this in a way? That feels good to my soul. Yeah. That like allows me to do work in a way that now that I know these things about myself doesn't sort of cancel that out. So it's a weighty thing though. And I just, I have this instinct to say to you, don't give up because it's hard. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you need to hear that right now, but I know a lot of women who like, they get in that messy middle right? They're like, little things are happening, but maybe not as much as I wanted. I thought I'd be further along by now, which is like the thing that kills so many dreams is I thought I'd be further along by now. So it must not be for me. Right. And it's like, you could be right on the edge of something that really, you know, because how long have you been pursuing this? Pursuing it? I mean, so that's also a funny question, right? Because it's like pursuing it like my whole damn life. Right. Ever since I was in elementary school, it was like, work hard, do this, do that, so that this can lead to that. Right. I'm sitting with what you're saying, and I'm going to continue to sit with that because I also trust the power of of the channel, you know what I mean? Of someone being like, you need this message. I'm going to sit with that. Right. And I think think my thought is, what does it mean that this is what scares me? The way I want to operate and what I want to do. I am so well aware that I'm going to have to create those systems to live in it, you know? Even yeah. with Shift, it was like, oh, we have to create our own company. For anything that I've done, in a- like for the acting and writing stuff, a yes. lot of the stuff that I'm doing is like, oh, like we're producing this ourselves. 100%. We're writing this ourselves. And sure, the other things come and go that are great gifts from God. I, I, I walk in on set and I do this, but like the stuff that I know is going to push me forward is stuff I have to build. And that is so scary and it and makes me angry because yes. I'm like fuck you yes. like like if I was of different identities right. I would not have to make this right. for myself right and that's what tires me yeah. I'm tired yeah. I'm tired and I am and I have so much more to go and I am tired yeah yeah so what does that mean so okay I fucking feel this thing because it's like I've had this conversation with a few different people in different ways lately But someone who wants, I don't know, to have a career in music, to have a movie made, a book, a popular podcast or whatever, and they'll ask the question to someone who's further down the road and they'll say, how do I get to where you are? How do I get an agent? How do I get a deal at Netflix? How do I get whatever? And you have to prove it. You have to prove your value And that's bullshit. (laughs) Right. But it is the system. Right. So it's fucked. It's like, even when you don't, you, I'm positive I've heard these stories. We've all heard the stories where it's like, 
Everybody turned it down. Everyone thought this book was garbage. You know, how many times did this thing get turned down? How many times did this get? And then it becomes this massive bestseller because nobody, because they didn't give up on what it was. Yeah. But to your point, that takes a massive amount of energy. Energetically that you're like, oh, it's got to be me. Yeah. I guess not that this is like the end all be all answer, but I sort of feel like for a lot of us, especially if there's something about you that's not like whatever is, you know, the norm in yeah. that space. Um, it's like Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the yeah, yeah. hill every day, every day, every day. But I will say in my career, I've definitely had seasons. And I mean mm. like whole years where I fucking sat down and let the boulder lean against my back for mm. a while mm. where I just couldn't. It was like I had to regroup. I had to almost like – What's that saying? Like uh, uh, flowers don't bloom in every season. Sometimes you have to go underground. Sometimes it's winter and you've got to hibernate. And so maybe what you're feeling is a a call for hibernation, is a call for care and slowing and like hunkering down for a minute. Yeah, incubation, which is so good for us creatively to just sort of go, what do I want to say and what do I want to do? But we are in a culture and we are in an industry that tells us if you stop, exactly, it you'll lose all your ground. Yeah. Which is so scary, yeah. but only, I believe, real if you believe it's real. Yeah. I went to Nashville a couple of years ago, and I, I was meeting with a bunch of different songwriters, and I had interviewed some for my podcast. And in Nashville, in country music, apparently, <laughs> there's a saying. They say, this is a 10-year town. This is a 10-year town. Interesting. They say, if you come to Nashville – and you're willing to give it 10 years, Mm. you'll have a career on the other side. I heard it over and over and over. It's a 10-year town. It's a 10-year town. It's like the motto. The issue with that is it becomes a a narrative that every new kid who comes to that town buys into. Well, settle in for 10 years. And they'll all tell you stories. Yeah, it was wild. Like nine years and 11 and a half months, I got my first. I'm like, yeah, no shit, bro. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. believed it was your time and you started energetically giving to the universe that now it was your now chance. Now's the time, yeah. And I think it's the same for this. Is like, if you've got something to say, if you've got a voice, if you've got talent and you wouldn't right. be here if you didn't, I don't mean with me, I mean like yeah, in yeah. this world, that's not going anywhere. Yeah, And if you feel called to take some time to like chill for a second, that's this talking to you. And it's creatively conducive. Right, right. Spiritually conducive. And I mean, it's funny because I'm like, oh, 10-year, 10-year town. I wish LA was a 10-year town. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. It's like a lifetime town, you know? Well, I think like I sat yesterday with uh, Catherine Reitman, who has a show on Netflix. It's the seventh season mm-hmm. and it's coming to, she's, you know, the the seasons or the show is ending. And I had no idea that that was her first yeah. career wow. success. And she comes from a insanely successful Hollywood family. Wow. Like her brother's wildly successful. Her father's wildly successful. So I didn't ask yesterday because I didn't want to, I felt like it was rude, but I was wondering like, did that feel hard that you were watching everybody else around you keep having these successes as an actress, writer, all of it, you finally had something work. Yeah. That's incredible. It's it's wild. It's so wild, you know, and it's like fickle and 
but but I I I think what you're saying and like just everything we're talking about now just feels like very much in like I feel like I'm unashamedly in my incubation, right? Figuring out my wants period. Right. And I because I remember even the purpose combo. It was like a friend told me the other day, like you don't need to have one per like you have multiple purposes yes. and the purposes change. Yes, and also multiple wants. So it's like I think my thing right now is what do I want? Yeah. Because I don't know the big want. Yes. I don't know the answer. I don't know right. that answer. I haven't gotten right. that knowing yet, but right. I I have little wants and I can follow those little wants. Well, and I that's what I was going to ask is like, do you know anything that you want? Because it doesn't have to be some massive, yeah. huge thing. That's another myth that we buy into is like, we got, you know, what what's your ultimate goal? Yeah. You know, I want an EGOT. Like it's got to be something yeah, insane. Yeah. It's like- you know, I want, are you engaged or married or just have uh, a beautiful engaged, ring? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, recently, so, yeah. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> so maybe the want is like, I want, I never get this time back with yeah. her. I never, 10 years from now, we're not going to be right. newly engaged again. We're going to be kids. Yeah, hopefully. like, Inshallah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's like all of these yeah. things, these seasons of our lives that we rush past because we're trying to get to the next right. thing. So that is a beautiful, maybe that's the want right now. Really yeah. want to enjoy want being engaged. I really want to go slow. I really like want to be present in this moment because I'm never going to get this time back. Yeah. Yeah. I think exactly those, those little wants, you yeah. know, like I, I want to read. I want, um, I've been having, I've been loving writing. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I want to write all the things. Great. I want to, so, so it's just like, okay, step by step by yeah. step one. And I think this, the seasons theory, I think changed my life when I started thinking about things in seasons because it was like oh it's just not that season right and it's okay right it's freeing and I think you can you know going back to this idea of where do you feel this in your body your body is always telling you like this feels really good this doesn't feel good this and the trust in that process and trusting that like if this isn't the season for the 10 million dollar book deal or whatever like that that might be something in the future, but I am super into the idea of like what we attract into our world and what the universe sends our way. And I always see like flow state. I always feel yeah. like things just fall into place when I have absolute trust that they will and I'm not trying to make anything work. My work goal for years is I want to make cool shit with cool people. That's it. It used to be like, I wanted this many (laughs) thoughts. It's like that simple. And if I just, if we just put our head down and do this work, it will, the successes always come because we're passionate about what we're doing. And it it will be the same for you. Yeah. And maybe you're slowing down right now because, you know, the content, the ideas that are going to come out of you being yeah. able to have that right now are so much greater and you wouldn't have the career success you want if you didn't take this time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, you know, like you said of the believing of like the things I'm focusing on right now, believing that in doing the less, it leads to more of that. Yes. It's um, like doing less, but doing less in faith, yes. like in trust. Less in faith, like a, yeah, the quality, not yes. quantity. Yes. And I think trusting that, but it's, again, I feel like it feels so, when I, like simply, it's like, oh yeah, like I'm doing this and I'm doing this and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And, but it's like, 
in the background is what we were talking about earlier of like this rewiring of like, mm-hmm. I should be doing this. It is. I should be doing this. It is. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. But I think a part of the inner knowing is also like, oh yeah, like this is, the less is where I need to be right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And just yeah. starting there. And what does yeah. it look like in a daily process? What does it look like in a daily practice? What can yeah. you sort of release or don't need that here or can say no to these things? Of anything, women are, oh God, we're so terrible at this, <laughs> of like continually putting ourselves in situations that drain us energetically yeah. instead of being conscious of like, am I getting anything back from this? Right. Um, I'm really thoughtful of that. Even in this work, it's sort of like you talking about going on set and who you're interacting with. I cannot believe someone pays me to do this for a job. (laughs) Like it's so nuts that I would kill to like get to sit with you and have coffee and have the exact same conversation we've had, but this is my job. That gives to me energetically. Um, There's a lot of things that I could do that would make me money that I just, I can't. It just it kills my spirit. Yeah. And so knowing what those are and kind of navigating toward that is the healthiest way I know to go forward. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm just, like, as a society, I feel like I could imagine that there are so many other people out there who feel also right. what we feel. Right. And I feel like thinking back to the systems of it all, it's like, this is just where we are. Like, we're in a moment in our society where it's like, People are rethinking the jobs, mm-hmm. rethinking the labor and the purpose and the wants and and what does that mean and and allowing for me, I think allowing myself to be like, oh, I don't need, I don't need a final end goal and vision. I've always been an end goal person. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is yes. how I'm gonna get there. But it's like, I'm like, okay, let's just go. <laughs> let's it's go. a wild flip. As yeah. someone who's very future oriented, it's a wild, it took me a a minute to make the, to pull into this moment Mm -hmm. instead of living out there. And to be honest, I don't know if I would have done it. My boyfriend is very present. And so I think I learned that from him, but I don't know that I would be as good at it Mm -hmm. if I did. And, and, and beautifully too, like he wasn't future oriented at all. And so I'm like, what are we doing? What are our goals? (laughs) So I think that that's something it, it is so fascinating to me, though, that I have experienced the most success by doing the opposite of what mm. I had always done. It took a while to get there, though. It took a while to figure it out. But it's so real. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. And you will yeah. figure this out, this yeah. stage and this I feel plan. good about I feel yeah. empowered yeah. about it. You yeah. know, like to it's me, incredible. it's not anything. I'm just like, let's go. Let's yeah. figure it out, right? Like if the ultimate goal is happiness, if the ultimate goal is feeling satisfaction. like To me, I'm like, oh, satisfaction versus success. Yes. What is success? It's fleeting. It's multiple definitions. Right. I feel satisfied. So yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever the journey to satisfaction is. And what I'm doing has gotten me this far. So Amen. it's like, okay, it's it's whatever. It's whatever I want it to be. And I'm excited for the journey. Yeah. Let's go five years in the future. Right. Right. Let's say, let's manifest this shit. You, whatever the dream is, like right. you're killing it. You've got your own right. deal, your your version of Shonda Rhimes. You're running all the things. You're writing all the things. You're killing it. The processes that you establish for yourself right, right now in this season are the processes you pull into this dream that you're creating. And not just right. for yourself, but for everybody that works with you, for everybody on your team, for everybody on your shows. I'm just manifesting. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know if this is what here you want. No, but, here for that. So it's almost like perhaps – 
the universe is like, okay, you have to actually know this for yourself Mm -hmm. because we're setting you up for this. And when you get here, you're going to have to make decisions that affect a huge group of people. Right. After you know what's broken about this system, you know what's fucked up about it, and you want to be the change that you're creating in the world, well, it's going to start right here. Yeah. So maybe that's the why. A hundred percent. And like really believing in in the lessons of it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like a a different – I feel like a different sense of – what's the word? It feels to me like very – Yeah. With it. Yeah. It's like, okay. Let's go. And things are moving. Things are right. still moving. Of course. But it's just like, I, I realized something. I realized like when when I'm in my most power, like I can be in one spot physically and things will, the river's around me. But as the river flows, oh, here's the fish. There's my food. Here's this shrub. Here's the, the covering. But every, And the thing, the shit I don't need is on the other side of the river. Yep. Everything's flowing around me. And that's when I'm in my most power. Yeah. Versus when I think I'm the river. Versus when I think that I'm the one who has to fly here, there. Oh, I got to hit that. I got to hit that corner. Oh, let me chill with that drop over there, you know? So it's like, okay. When I think I'm the river. <laughs> this is the social clip, by the way. <laughs> Fuck, that's good. So so it's like, it's scary because I'm not moving. But it's like, oh, this is where I need to be. Yeah. I just had this sort of, I've never said this to a guest before, but I just had this thought that like, we're going to be sitting down. In a few years, here for it, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this conversation. We will, and we're gonna be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like you didn't even know what was coming. Yeah, you didn't even know what was coming. Uh, I grew up, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. yeah. Uh, I grew up in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. I don't practice it anymore, but it is still very much a yeah. part of my upbringing. And there is this story in the Bible that talks about uh, a, a woman who becomes queen. And I'm not going to give you a whole Bible No, study. I'm into okay, this. Okay, I'm okay, into this. I'm into this. So um, I'm going to butcher it terribly. But um, essentially, she was of Jewish faith, and she the king falls in love with her. And even though uh, Jews are oppressed, she becomes a queen. And she very much sort of hides her origin because now she's queen and all these things. And her uncle comes to town and she's like, but he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> he And she says, but I'm queen now. Like I have that, you know, I've been given this thing and he's, but I can't tell people who I am or where I come from. Cause mm-hmm. he's like, why aren't you fighting for your people? You have power now. Why aren't you fighting for your people? She's like, not at these times. Like, yes, I am queen, but right now it's too volatile. Like, I not not at this time. I, I can't make moves at this time. And he's like, you have been given your position for such a time as these. This right now, like mm. you are being put into this place for a very specific reason. And your access and your power is for your people. And I just Oof. like have this like Oof. feeling that we're going to sit yeah. down in the future and you're like, I didn't even know what was coming. <laughs> so I just no, want to speak I, that over you. No, I, I, I love that story. That's yeah. a good story. I'm going to look that up. I love, I love, <laughs> Queen I love Esther. the Bible story. Yeah, I love yeah. the Bible story. And yeah, I, yeah, life, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> life. Who knows? Yeah. This we're, is, we're in, yeah, we are not in control and we are yeah, in control. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just think that like there's something really special about the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
there's something really fucking special about there's not another person who's doing this work, who looks like you, who is, who has your story, your specific family, your intentionality, like all of it. And I just feel like keep, yeah. you know, keep at it. Thank you. Keep at it in slow, and yeah. in, in slow, tiny, steps, yeah, right? our steps, individual yeah. work that leads to, to, to larger systems. And, yeah. And honestly, this conversation has been so lovely. Yeah. Too. Thank you. Really Thank you for the time. It. And we're going to, we'll revert back in the future episode yeah, to this moment. <laughs> you're, whole, you're clutching a Golden Globe or an Emmy or whatever. And you're like, bitch, look. You know, if, that, if that's what's will. If that's what's will. Yeah. But journey. Yeah. Here for the journey. Yeah. Um, Let's yeah. be proper promoters and say, if people want to hang out with you online, online. if they want to find out your stuff, they yes. want to find about the work of Shift, they want that sweatshirt. Right. Tell us all the details. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at at Kosser, the person. That's K-A-U-S-A-R, the person. Yeah. That's where to find me. Cool. The film I'm in, Appendage, is coming out in the fall on okay. Hulu. I'm a little scared of scary movies. Okay, but, wait, okay. can we can yes. we do this yes, scary movie of journey? Of course, absolutely. Okay, okay. We're gonna find gonna you the laugh perfect at what scary I think movie. is scary though. Okay, which what is basically you, everything. Okay, what's like the scariest movie you've ever watched? Now, this is gonna be ridiculous. Okay. But in my opinion, mm -hmm. I'm fucking terrified of aliens. I'm really Signs is stop. Not the water glass, Rachel. Okay, let me explain though. Let me explain. I could cry. Okay, okay, I, okay. I was such trauma seeing that movie in the theater. I put my jacket oh over my, my head. I was so scared I couldn't even leave my seat. And he, the reason why is because you don't see it. So because you don't see it, my brain came up with things that right. were so much. The fucking scene where she's like, there's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass right. of water? And you, you just in the background, you see a fucking alien on the roof. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't it, it really – that um, – I'm going to sound very old, but like Blair Witch Project no, is terrifying No, Blair Witch is, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, so well done. I was stupid enough to actually believe that that was like real footage. I mean, it might be, right? Yeah, exactly. The marketing was great. Yeah. So um, things where you don't see it okay. definitely. Uh, but – any like the ring was terrifying, that ter but yeah. that's like honestly terrifying. So yeah. I hope you know that that's yeah, like okay. genuinely ter okay. Very yeah. terrifying. signs, not so much, but the ring. <laughs> yes, okay. And okay, so then like, are you scared of? Um, okay, so like aliens. Yeah. Are you scared of like a what's the word? You know, like kind a of ghost. Like ghosts, but then there's two. There's like that religious ghost type. Where yeah, it's like a possession. demon that scares a shit. Okay, so I mean, no that's possession, like religious stuff. No religious stuff. But like, what about a monster? Like, can you do a monster? I think so. What's like, okay. give me a monster from a movie example. <sighs> Gosh. I mean, mm, I mean, mm, there's like ugly monsters, but I can't think of an ugly monster, like a monster, like the fly. Okay. Yeah. Like things that are, yeah, I don't really like things that are gross. Yeah. Okay. So no gross. Yeah. What about like, I like a psychological thriller, psychological I suppose. Thriller. Is that, does that count as a thriller? Yes. Okay, okay. I have one for you. Okay. Oh, and this has a monster, but the monster is like, oh, you might like this one. Okay. Split by M. Night Shyamalan. And that is what happens in it. Basically, it's this person with multiple personality disorder, right. but it kind of has like a supernatural twist to it. Oh, but is it's, that it's really good? Um, James McAvoy. Yes. Yes, and he shows up in a later. Yes. Okay, I have not seen that one. You have to okay. watch that one and then All tell right. me what you think. It's All right. really psychological thriller. Okay. Really good. Okay, 
I okay. will give it a try. We yeah. found an answer. Yeah, yeah. There's I, always an in. Okay. I wish I had yeah. a similar like game to play with you, but I don't. <laughs> no, it's That's okay. A, yeah. And then my tip would be like enjoy the adrenaline. Don't okay. be scared of it. Just okay. lean into like, oh, we're in a roller coaster. Right. Okay. Scream when you need to scream. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Express yourself. <gasps> okay. <laughs> scream when you need to scream. That's life advice. Yeah. That's sure. life advice. Yeah. <laughs> Man, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. This, this is, is so, so lovely. Fun. Thanks for yeah. having me. That Truly. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.